Roland takes a long look at uh, Morgan after he's removed his helmet. And uh, he gets up. He's been sitting on the floor going through his occult book. And he stands up, studies him, nods, offers his hand, shakes in as manly a fashion as he can manage, which is not much. He has kind of a weak grip. Anyway, he's like, all right, chief. Pleased to meet you. Yeah. And you know. As a, pre, as a P.I., I'm professionally obliged to keep your secrets, so don't worry about it. With the conversation about Bianca, he says that he can sort of keep tabs on her. He says, um, look, what I would normally do here is call in a little favor from a little friend, you know, like a... Something between a ghost and a leprechaun. It's kind of technical. Thing is, if one of them keeps watch on her for us, they might uh, rearrange her furniture, mess up her haircut. You know, they're kind of like kids. They don't really listen to anybody unless you feed them. So we'll try it. On a limited basis, I'll see if I can find one a little less, uh, what's that word? Whimsical? Something like that. So, while Morgan goes out into town, uh, Roland is gonna work on summoning up a little spirit to keep an eye on Bianca. He also... Here's what Morgan's sort of looking for in terms of uh, being able to gather the team quickly through magic. And he says, this will work easier on, uh, he gestures in the direction of the last place you guys saw, the drowned sailor. He says, it'll work easier in the case of uh, uh, Waterboy there. He's sort of here by magic anyway, so... Be quicker to get a hold of him. And then he gestures at Morgan's suit and he says, The thing with you is, most of the time, I can't even find you. That's sort of why I gave you the, uh, he points to the little magical radio. He's like, you got some kind of stealth thing going on there. I don't really understand it. Yet. If you let me, I'll figure it out. Sooner or later. But... I don't want to pry. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I could take you along on a on a trip if it were just you and me, I think. As far as getting everybody together all at once, that would be kind of a big trick. I, uh, I don't know if I could pull it off. My old, uh, my, uh, teacher, you know, he said I was a quick study at simple things and kind of an idiot with complicated ones but that might have just been one of those you know zen master hit the student in the head with a stick kind of things hard to say but I'll look into it so he's going to do some magical research on how to like use his teleportation spells to quickly assemble the team meanwhile Morgan is, uh, or, well, sometime before or after this, 
Morgan goes down into the basement area of the warehouse where he's squatting to look for trash like an old tub or an old washing machine or something that could be a sort of tank for Paku Paku. And he realizes there are some pipes down there that are exposed, like a portion of the concrete floor is just busted somewhere down there. And there's a, a pipe going through that he's relatively sure is hooked into the water system. Um, it might be an old, like, sewer line. Like, this might be... This area might have been where a, a bathroom was or something like that. So, uh, in theory... Well... It, uh, we'll just fast forward a bit and say uh, two things. One, when they uh, meet each other on non-hostile terms, Paku Paku and the sailor uh, have some interesting realizations. Uh, one, that their powers are from a different source but are functionally very similar so they can sort of combine their efforts in a way. Um, to the sailor's manifested body is made largely of water. So Paku Paku can swim around inside of his body. They both think it's very strange, um, but Paku Paku quite enjoys it, actually, and starts to burble, man, man, gamma, lam, blam, swim in the man of the man shape, man, water, man, Paku Paku Man. You're not entirely, Morgan's not entirely sure what it's thinking, but uh, its mind seems to be like it's getting smarter all the time. It, uh, when it relaxes, it babbles like that. It has that word salad kind of thing going on, but uh, Morgan has also heard it, him try to form sentences. So, uh, mutant psychic fish is, uh, growing and learning and, um, water elemental ghost, uh, seems sympathetic to Paku Paku in some way now that they're, they've agreed that they're both on the side of the sink. So, um, between the two of them, they route water flows into the basement of the warehouse uh, and with Morgan sort of doing heavy lifting uh, picking things up moving them, sort of bashing them together, they make a crude enclosure so uh, there's a little swimming pool type area in the basement of the warehouse now that Paku Paku can swim into and out of. There's a pipe, so he has access. Um, the sailor can kind of flow through it as well, although it seems more like he just manifests wherever there's enough water to support him. While they're working on putting that stuff together, and Roland is researching what his magic can do and can't, Morgan heads into the city. The increasing violence is apparent to him very quickly. He observes several just like fist fights on street corners between men yelling at each other. Um, nothing official, nobody in a uniform, nothing armed at first. 
he just sees guys who disagree with each other punching it out. The desist programs, drones, are in evidence again. They're they're flying in little clusters of three. The uh, the attack on the on the factory, which he now knows was. Um, Misty and Kim and their sort of anarcho-Luddite faction seems to have limited their numbers a little bit, but they're still doing regular surveillance of the city. They're doing it in bigger sweeps now. They're just, they're higher up. Um, Like, he probably couldn't hit one with a throwing weapon. They're sort of out of range of that. Um, He also thinks he hears in the distance the propulsion system of that power suit, which uh, was apparently called Cease to go along with Desist. So Greg Greenwell's um, alliance with the technocrats seems to be bearing fruit, uh, staying busy. They're just sort of blanketing Stringersburg in their surveillance. For lack of a better first place to look, Morgan checks in at the cafe where he first saw Brian Gillens. Um, the first thing he notices is, is that the uh, storefront, the uh, like the front window of the place is busted. They have a sign that says they're closed. Um, and there are actually a couple of people, a couple of... Uh, Young, uh, stylishly dressed, uh, subtly armed people hanging around on that part of the street. The uh, office of the TPP near there where he first met, uh, uh, yeah, Maddie Faulkner, I think it was. Anyway, uh, that TPP office seems to have become like a, a base of operations. People are coming in and out. Um, you know, cool-looking young people go into it um, with you know satchel bags and whatever, and they come out with like Google Glass-looking smart shades, long sleeves covering something on their arms, maybe like small maybe non-lethal weapons, but weapons just the same. When he tunes into uh, WSBG The Berg, as I assume he does periodically, um, at first he gets no signal. It's dead for a few minutes, and then when it comes back on, there's Lupus Andretti saying, want to apologize to all of our listeners for the temporary outage that we've experienced. This may be a more frequent occurrence than it has been ever before in WSBG's history. The fact of the matter is, we have been targeted. But the damage to the station's equipment is minimal, and we have technicians on the scene. We will continue to do our best to keep you updated of goings-on in Stringersburg. In the state capitol, there's talk from the governor's office of declaring martial law over the city if the, as he puts it, recent troubles 
don't come under control soon. This would show a lack of confidence in the TPP's ability to govern Stringersburg itself and also the severity of the strong American Men Party's threat. The way he eventually learns what's up with Brian Gillens is through other news media. He remembers Brian has a website, or rather a series of like linked social media accounts, the most website-ish of which is a blog. Anyway, looking into the whole sort of constellation of media that is Pry Tie with Bry Bry, he finds that the accounts have been inactive for about 24 hours or so. And that's his first clue, but where he really starts to figure something is going on is when uh, one of the back pages of a copy of the uh, the local daily paper, I should have the name of it memorized, but I don't, maybe we can add it in later, the local daily has like a back, back, back page story that says that uh, Gillen's made a call to one of the local TV stations. Uh, Gillen's placed a call to WAVN uh, criticizing their story about the so-called blue blur. AVN briefly reported on it because in the middle of the call, Gillens got disconnected, he never called back, and when the station tried to reach him again to conclude the interview, he didn't respond. So it pretty quickly becomes clear that Brian Gillens is missing. So here's a little fork in the road. After he learns that Gillens is missing, Morgan also overhears a conversation down an alley. He's, you know, up on a rooftop or in a fire escape somewhere thinking about his next move. He overhears some uh, some seedy-looking characters talking. Among this group, he notices both people who have strongman-looking um, clothing or, you know, symbols. Strongmen strong seem to favor armbands baseball caps um, and they just have the sort of like distinctive uh, you know greaser leather jacket thing going on a lot so um, he sees a guy or two like that in this group but also a sort of hip young lady who has a technocrat looking uh, like headpiece she's got like a She's wearing this thing that plugs into her ears, but it goes around the back of her head. It sort of like clips on over and around the earlobes, but uh, doesn't cover any part of the face. It just circles the back of her head, and there are little antennae sticking up from it. So part of why he starts paying attention to this group is it's, is it's like, oh, a strongman and a technocrat lady are here talking to each other among this group. Um, the others look like they're hard cases, but not affiliated. He overhears one one person sort of, he, he comes into the middle of the conversation, so he, where he catches up is hearing somebody make a sort of comment or, or correction. This is a guy in an ill-fitting business suit with a neck tattoo. He's like, 
Why are you calling him the German? I always called him the Frenchman. Um, one of the others is like, he's not French. And business suit guy's like, he ain't German either, but that's what they all was, right? Nihilists? And the first guy's like, Shh. he's like, idiot, keep it down. The point is, he's out. We've got a job again. He always told me, somebody else pipes up, yeah, well, I've got nothing better going on and sure as shit don't want to get caught up in this TPPSAM bullshit. One of the others says, I don't know about you bunch, but I have a signal. I'm waiting for it. There's some nods and like grunts of agreement and uh, the young lady with the technocrat headpiece is smiling. Somebody looks at her and it's like, what? What are you grinning about? She's like, oh, nothing. Just already got my signal, which is kind of why I contacted all of you. One of them's like, oh, she's like, uh-huh. Yep. She says, listen, he's got a kind of a different attitude these days from what I can tell. I don't think it's going to be any of the old uh, smash and grab type stuff. He's working on something bigger. I don't know. I think. It's hard to tell. You know how he is. But he said to get as many people together as I could and say... So I'll switch to summary mode there. Morgan puts two and two together. These people used to work with or for the Nihilist. The Nihilist is out of prison. He's plotting something. They start to move um, and to make more of an effort to hide what they're saying. In fact, maybe... Uh, here's an explanation. The technocrat chick flips a little switch on her headpiece thing. She pulls out another little device from her pocket and does something, and suddenly Morgan can't overhear them as well. So she's running jams. She's jamming him, or anybody, not him. She doesn't know he's there. So um, basically what I'm going to ask is that you say, all right, I'm going to go find Brian Gillens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on tracking him down for the rest of the day, or I'm going to spend the rest of the day shadowing these people who work for the Nihilist and find out what he's up to. For once, he feels like he can be proactive and he wants to follow the Nihilist group. But before he does that, he's going to grab the the psychic radio, put his hands on it, and think of Roland. And he's going to whisper just in case so the, the group doesn't hear him. Say, roll. I know you got a, a laundry list of things going on, but when you get a second, I need you to uh, see if you can find Brian Gillens, that, that radio guy. Uh, I think the strongman or the, the TPP have, uh, have nabbed him. And he might be in trouble, he might need a hand. So if you can get any kind of beat on him, I appreciate it, but I uh, I got a lead on uh, that nihilist guy that broke out. I think uh, 
I think something's about to go down with him, so uh, I'm gonna try to check this out. And uh, I'll get in touch when I can. So Morgan will follow this group, you know, through the rooftops and alleys and however is most convenient, but he definitely wants to take his time because his, his thinking is that he can, for once, stop a fire before it starts because on top of all this other stuff that he's in he wants to for once get on get on top of something and uh you know not add to whatever is is already going on that add to the problems of everything that's happening in stringersburg at least that's his train of thought and also just as a reminder Morgan's suit has the permanent bonus, so it cannot be negated by the Nihilus powers, which, you know, in or out of game terms, the, the creator of the suit made it like that. So, you know, it, you know, since it works outside of fate, it, it can't actually be negated. I just wanted to throw that out as a reminder just uh, for the inevitable confrontation between the two so quickly then how is morgan gonna work around this uh surveillance jamming technology that these people have also how is he gonna work around the fact that at some point they split up because they do i imagine it happening as a one-two thing, like first, while they're still in a group, he has a chance to overhear some of their conversations if he can figure out a way to unscramble their communications. Then after that, like after they've had a sort of group huddle under this surveillance uh, blocking thing, they're going to they're gonna break out. Um, so at that point, like, is he going to pick someone individually to tail or whatever. So just let me know what his strategy is for spying on these folks. He's not really going to worry about unscrambling this. He, he doesn't really have the, the know-how or the smarts. What he's going to do is follow the female that has the technocrat-esque tech because she was the one that said she already got the signal so he's thinking that even if she's not in charge then she has a, a probably a leg up on the the rest of this group so he is going to follow her the woman with the technocratic headgear breaks off from the group after a couple of minutes of conversation and heads back toward the more downtown-y, gentrified, civilized part of this area. As Morgan follows her, his magical radio thing gets warm and starts to buzz, so he holds it and opens his mind to it and hears Roland's voice. Hey, Chief. I uh, found your girl and working on that Gillen's guy... But I better go ahead and tell you, the kind of people I work with on these jobs, they're going to have some requests. And don't just pay them in coin, you understand what I'm saying? So pretty soon you and I are going to have to make some uh, 
shopping trips, and you might not like what we have to pick up for them. Price of doing business, you understand? Anyway, your girl is uh, getting easier to find. She was at a neighborhood watch type meeting, something about community defense. I don't know. Looked like she was, well, my guy said she was, uh, the technical term in his language is ablaze. She's got something going on internally. I don't know. Maybe you know more about this than I do. Anyway, I'll let you know when I find the Gillens guy. So that's that from Roland. Morgan quickly becomes aware of the fact that this woman he's shadowing is headed back toward a technocratic stronghold, toward a TPP office. Um, Not the same one where he met um, Maddie Faulkner at the beginning of this, but um, the next one in a sort of line from there, like the one relatively close to that, close enough that it seems to have been placed there recently and strategically to provide some sort of coverage. Um, He notices a higher density of the surveillance drones of the DESIST program and his target is going to go into a building that is uh, festooned with security cameras and has a couple of suspiciously fit young people in athletic clothes that wouldn't restrict their movement in a fight walking around. In fact, Morgan's probably seen one or several of them at the various dojos he's frequented in his time. So they've got some fighter types around. They're surveilling the area. She's going into this office. What's your move? Well, trying to stay inconspicuous as possible, Morgan is going to sit on this location, you know, sit on this individual and wait for her to come back out and he's going to track her down or continue to to follow her and he's going to test a, a theory that's kind of been yeah just kind of persisted in the background of his brain while he's been trying to figure out this suit and the things that some people have said if there is some type of, of building across the way you know, like an apartment complex, some kind of multi-story thing. He want, he wants to try to get a window seat looking out at this this building. And, you know, if, if it is like some type of, of apartment or something, he just wants to sit in the hall if there's a, a window and, and kind of just look out and keep an eye out from there and see if and how people react to him sitting there and and if so if it's a negative thing then he'll he'll beat a hasty retreat out of the building and then you know sit on a a rooftop or something and and try to keep eye but he wants to kind of stay out of the line of sight if any drones show up so probably not a the top of a building he'd, he'd do like a 
somewhat obscured fire escape or or alley or something like that and he'd probably if he had to do that he'd probably drop the suit uh depends on the situation i mean you've you've got a pretty good idea of how his psychology is working so um if you don't want to uh nitpick is not the right word but it's the only one that comes to mind if you want to just assume that he's going to to do a, a specific strategy depending on a situation then that's probably the correct one but yeah he wants to test this and he will just send a quick message to roland letting him know that you know he's not he doesn't know when he's going to be able to get back he's checking out this lead on uh, the potential nihilist which Roland seems to be a, a, a bit more informed of since he was the one that let him originally know that they were airing coverage on the prison break so if he's got any uh, unique or particular insights that Morgan might not have uh, you know, like I said, he's just going to send him a message. He's not going to expect a response. And while he's doing this, depending on how long he's there, if he's there for hours or anything, then he is going to, you know, while keeping a, an eye out on the, on the building, he's going to just kind of start taking a, a good look at the suit maybe like he hasn't before he, he he might i don't think he took it for granted but i don't think he understood the impact that it was having around him and how people have been perceiving it so he's gonna he's not gonna take it off but he's just gonna while he's you know looking at the building he'll just kind of glance down every now and then and really start taking a, a strong look at the suit 